public service announcement for all radio DJs out there. Don't try to rip on Cat Williams live unless you're ready for him to rip your entire life. It's the Going On Podcast with Rap Critic and Muse. <laughs> so your boy, y- your boy, MGK, thought My he was boy. slick. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Yay. Oh, you go way back. <laughs> oh, that's right. We're on a first name basis. I just walk up. Hey, machine. And he's like, hey, what up, Muse? Uh. That was bad. This apparently goes way back. Like to 2012. According to Rap Devil, yeah, this has some, uh, this is a storied feud, uh, behind the scenes for the most part between MGK and Eminem. One of the more high-profile white rapper beefs over the past couple <laughs> weeks. Because I think Machine Gun Kelly was also beefing with g Easy. With g Easy. Who, yeah. Who fucking cares? <laughs> MGK decided to go on a, a Fallout Boy concert. Uh, you know, he was the opening act. I don't get that, by the way. He's hot topic music. Ha 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 hot topic music. You know, uh... <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, uh, you're right. <laughs> you know, you heard the uh, Bad thing song. You know what it's about. If I'm walking down a dark alley, I might mistake Machine Gun Kelly with fucking Travis, too. They, they, they look the same. They got the tats... So, mm-hmm. wait, no, I'm getting it confused with Blink-182. Anyway! Yeah, no, no, I knew that's what you were thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> Flashed across the headlines, you see MGK booed while performing Rap Devil. Mm-hmm. And the reason behind that is, because what he did was kind of insidious. You have to kind of admit this. Like, even if you're on his side, he told the crowd to hold up the middle fingers and pose for a picture. And basically, he was going to be facing away from the crowd. And he took off his sweatshirt... And they didn't see what was on his shirt. So, like, you know, he had the person take the picture, him facing away from the audience, so, you know, it can be the whole audience of people giving the middle finger to the camera. And what was on his shirt was the Killshot logo, you know, Eminem's single art. And it was him going, like, you know, like, look at this crowd of people who also don't like you. You know what I mean? (laughs) That is sneaky. I, I've never really been behind uh, Machine Gun Kelly, so when I fucking heard him of all people trying to fucking take some shots, pardon the pun, at Eminem, I guess thinking, ah, eh, you know, his glory days are behind him, especially after Revival and now Kamikaze getting a more positive reaction, but maybe thinking, hey, you know, your boy's on the way out. He still had some fucking gas in the tank, and he was like, no, no, motherfucker, I ain't dead yet. So, Machine Gun Kelly kind of comes off looking foolish, uh, coming out with Rap Devil, where he takes some decent shots, but it's also kind of a miss, a bunch of kind of corny lines, kind of making fun of just Eminem's general aesthetic. Like, the diss tracks I've heard that we've talked about on the show that seem to hit the hardest are the ones that, uh, they take the more personal approach, it's more or less like, no, yeah, it's I'm something just, about you that's wrong, yeah. I'm coming for the fucking throat, it's whatever. What I was talking to you about that, uh, that didn't hit me as hard with that track is that it's got a fucking, like, poppy hook to it. You're, and you're, right, it has a little breakdown where he does the auto-tune. Like, he's trying to play it both ways. He's trying to get the, he, he's trying to get the diss track that, you know, is gonna get played on the fucking reaction channels and the fucking morning talk shows, but he also wants to have that hit single that's going to get the radio play. 
and that he can apparently perform at a Fall Out Boy concert. Like, does that sound weird <laughs> to you? Who performs diss tracks at a concert? That's silly. It it more it all the more makes it seem like Machine Gun Kelly is just trying to ride Eminem and use him for publicity. Yes, and the way he, you know, because he's obviously trying to down it, of course, and and this is a wrestling thing, but it's just like, guys, we all have ears. We heard it. It was actually really good. And so, like, but MGK on stage is trying to go like, nah, man, it was whack. That was horrible. It's like, no, it wasn't. Even And you know it wasn't horrible. Like, <laughs> well, I'll give my full verdict on that uh, another time, you know. There are many interesting ways you can go about when someone bests you in the in the rap battle so to speak when they come back and they hit you harder you can either shut up and go away and (laughs) and not even acknowledge that shit ever happened just go about your way go about your business or you can try to come back again which doesn't seem to work out very well most of the time either this is a new approach the perform my song at a Fall Out Boy concert and at the same time try to get the audience to appear to be flipping who I'm beefing with off. He was trying to look like he had support before the audience actually knew what was happening and then when they found out what was happening, they booed him. (laughs) And so the opposite ended up happening. (laughs) Don't try to pull one over on the audience, man. The audience has the power these days, man. You can't try to pull something like that. No, no. You've got your video coming up and you're going to talk about the uh, who won, so to speak, between uh, Rap Devil and uh, Killshot. And I'm looking forward to that because, I don't know, I've got my own takes. I don't think either one was really that great. But I think it's overall because this is just like a pretty weak beef in general. That there isn't a lot of ground, really. What's especially messed up is that this is a Fallout Boy concert. Their fans are going to be a little bit older. And those older fans are probably, there's probably a big crossover with Eminem, truth be told. Yeah, because... Like, I, really think about that. I don't really know how many new fans Fall Out Boy have really been pulling in with their new music. I think most of the I mean, people going might... to their shows are people who have been with them since fucking Dance Dance and, you know, fucking Sugar were going down. They fucking have the nostalgia buzz as well as maybe liking the new stuff. Those are the people that are going to be at the concert. They're, they're, they're the ones that are going to be shelling out the money for the fucking tickets. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If not only briefly, we have to address uh, what we said at the very top of the show. Um, your intro with all Cat Williams. Um, just because things have kind of taken off since then. So, uh, and the funny thing is, it's the main it, part of the video that people were at first talking about was the, um, you know, him roasting celebrities like Tiffany Haydish and, and Kevin Hart. But what's funny is, you know, I just like Cat Williams, so I'm just listening to the whole thing. And then it gets to the end and he's like, the woman who's doing the interview, the DJ who's doing the interview, she says, so they're like, what do you feed your kids? And Cat Williams is like, well, you know, there's a lot of things, um, you know, I'm a, a, a because, you you know, you have five kids and you need to take care of them. And, you know, uh, that was my cat Williams. Um, and she she interrupts him and goes like, I'm not asking you all that. I'm asking you, what do you make him? And I was like, dude, at that point, you fucked up <laughs> because that was the exact turning point where he lost 
all respect for her and just started to go in. Because I want it to be clear. This wasn't out of nowhere. It's not like he just randomly decided to get mad at her. It's like, no, she honestly was kind of being a dick to him. He was answering the question and she was like, no, I want specifics. And this was like, let me fucking explain, you know? And so from then on, it was just, okay, now I'm just going to go in on you because you disrespected me. You know, I was like, yo, you can't even get mad. And it's like, the thing is, she kept trying to come at him. And it's just like, stop, stop, just take the L, just take the L. It was fucking embarrassing. And I got to side with Kat 100% because the original question is, do you cook for your kids? I'm sorry, like, you have Cat Williams in the fucking studio. What kind of question is that? Like, yeah. <laughs> what kind of conversation do you think you're really gonna get out of that with a fucking comedian of, like, do you think he has a bit on fucking cooking for his kids? Like, does he? Maybe, maybe she thought, oh, this is gonna be a nice, clever segue. But then, yeah, she fucking keeps interrupting him, and then Cat just goes, I can't help that you're a bad interviewer. And, yeah. Ooh, and then it just spins out from there. And she's and he's 100% right. Not only did you ask a shitty question, but then you proceed to interrupt him when he's trying to answer your shitty question. But yeah. I got to completely, like, look, you've got a ball buster like Cat Williams in the studio. Mm-hmm. And he fucking says that shit. You just got to roll with that shit. Just fucking play it yeah. off. But she had the fucking... Ooh. She's like wrapping up the interview and she's like, yeah, you go on out of here, get your hair fixed or whatever. And starts ragging on him for his hair. Yeah, it's like, uh-uh, uh, nope, you're not going to get away with that. And then he comes back at her. <laughs> and again, at that point, he's a ball buster. Just fucking wrap the interview up. He goes, you can come over here and run your fingers through my hair and tell me it's fake or whatever. And then she says something like, oh, yeah, and you can tell us all what it's like to be in jail. And it's like... Yeah. Ooh, and at that point, he just, like a goddamn pro, goes, yep. you can hear all about it at the whatever, whatever, whatever day, at t- <laughs> and just plugs <laughs> his event. And seriously, that interaction got him fucking run up on? Okay, here's my thing. I feel like that whole interaction, first of all, first of all, he should be rewarded for that because... He brought more publicity to that radio station and probably should be selling more tickets because of that shit. Because mm. that just shows just how good he is. How it just rolls. It just fucking rolls off. It was natural, know? yeah. And the thing is, there are things you could roast Cat Williams on. That's the thing that was kind of like, <laughs> I was like, like, if we're going to make this a session, let's make it a session. The thing is, she had nothing. She had, you know? had no ammo. All she had, yeah, she just went to the pot shot of, oh, you were in prison. Oh. And he was like, no. And, it, and and he corrected her on that. So it was like, you couldn't even get him on that. Like, mm. straight up, Cat Williams is turning into our fucking Paul Mooney, I really think. Like, <laughs> he's just the dude who's outside of the industry. And it's just like, it's no thing for him to just talk shit on your ass. Like, yeah. <laughs> her fucking husband decides to draw a gun on him afterwards because he was salty about it. And it's just like, what type of... Like, that right there is what is what I think should make people not support this DJ in their program. Because it's like, oh, oh, when someone, when someone kind of like reads you, you know what I'm saying, reads your shit out to you, you're going to get mad. And not even like, you know what I'm saying? Because like after that, what should have happened was like afterwards, like, Hey, I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't mean to like for this to be a whole thing. You know what I mean? Because it's like you want to keep good relations with people. Yeah. And at least be like, I'm sorry. I, what was the misunderstanding? Because I feel like we got heated and I didn't know what was up. You know. Mm. But no. Instead, 
she gets fucking salty and well i don't know if uh she wanted to do it but the fact is her husband ended up doing it and it's just like yeah over that like it she they didn't take any money out of your pocket they didn't do anything all he did was call you out for being rude to him and all you have to do as a radio host that does a show like that just fucking maybe talk about it later you know, you don't, you don't need to be, like, cowardice about it. Be professional. You don't have to do this shit of, I'm gonna talk shit on him after he leaves the studio or whatever, because that'll fucking get the guests coming back. Or, like, <laughs> I, I, I forgot who did that. Someone left a radio show, was in the cab, heard them talking shit about their interview, had them turn the fucking cab around and came back. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, no, you think, just because I'm not there, you're gonna get your cheap shots in. Oh! You're not getting off that easy. So uh, I want to know who that was. Please tell us. If I happen to remember, ah, uh, man, I don't remember what show. Was it a rapper? Uh, I I don't remember if it was a rapper or a comedian. It could have been a comedian. I think that's more more a comedian's bag of. Look, this yeah. is gonna hurt my reputation. I gotta sell tickets. I gotta fucking get people talking. I'm gonna run my ass back to that station to get the last word. <laughs> Don't think you just gotta talk shit when I leave. If anyone in the comments happens to remember who that is, please let us know, because I know there's gonna be audio posted too, and I really want to hear that again. But this begun the show. We're coming at you with both barrels. We got two album reviews once again. We have a Patreon request and a new release. We're gonna start with the Patreon request because it's over a decade old. It's Crank House by Angel Spit. Yeah. Kronkhaus. <laughs> Requested by J.E. And if you want to be a cool kid like J.E., head on down to either one of our Patreons. That's patreon.com slash rapcritic or patreon.com slash muse for details and find out how you can request an album to be reviewed on the show. Darren. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm curious what oh, your sure take you are. on this album was because if you just look i want everybody right now who's unfamiliar with crank house who i'm or uh, angel spit who i imagine is probably a majority of the audience <laughs> go to google <laughs> i want you to go to google i want you to look at the album cover of this album because it is one of the most cyberpunk fucking like anime ass things you got the big fuck boots with the with the Buckles. It looks mm. hot topic as shit. It's got the weird yep. nylon ha, ha, hair ha, ha, extensions. Hot topic music. <laughs> hot topic. It is uh, it is to the nines. Very seen. Very two thousand six. I'm just gonna mm. go ahead and say that. <laughs> it's like, damn. Is that is that what it looked like? Is that what, is that what I was doing? You know, it's been over a decade, but yeah, that's vaguely how I remember two thousand six looking. Uh, <laughs> Man, so we got this. Uh, uh, Band from, I believe, Sydney, Australia. Yeah. Uh, and I did not know that um, the lead singer was Asian. I thought it was a... Oh. Her voice sounds like a white girl type of voice. And then I was like, yeah. oh, shit. Oh, all right, my bad. And, and then there were little affectations that she was putting on certain words. And I was like, hey, why did she sound like that? And I was like, oh, she's Australian. I was like, well, shit, this wasn't anything that I thought she... <laughs> I thought it was like some white girl from Kansas... <laughs> Asian woman from Australia. It's like, oh, wow, all right. Before Iggy Azalea, bro. So with me, I kept getting little waves of maybe 
English isn't their first language. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> some of this shit's a bit awkward. Uh, lyrics. Yeah, the wise. way they talk. It, it does sound like a, like a Swedish band or something like that. You know? Yeah, it definitely has that. Which is weird because if you're Australian, why you got the like German crank with a K house? Yeah. Like I was really surprised by that. I figured that this was gonna be straight up some German. But no, it's... Like Ramstein, you know. Yeah, and, and you know, it's not that far off stylistically. It's like... No. It's it's Euro-industrial, which... Yeah. I, I'm vague... You know what this is? Mm-hmm. Let's just call it what it is. This is Halloween music. It's Halloween. It's, uh... <laughs> you know, you hear it at the Hot Topics, you know? It's kind of like discount Marilyn Manson type. Yeah, you play it at, uh, um, you know, I can hear this soundtrack over one of those uh, uh, trailers for those kink.com videos. You know what I mean? You can hear it. <laughs> I just wanted to leave you out to dry with that one. <laughs> now, don't act like, oh, bullshit. Don't act like I see, don't act like that's just me. Oh, yeah, I'm the only one funding this. This, uh, like, one of the most, like, popular companies in port. Yeah, it's just me. All right. I, I just don't that's really. That's going to leave me Fuck y'all. <laughs> I, I just don't see the connection. But, all right, I'll go with it. Um, <laughs> it also kind of reminded me a little bit of um, The Antwerp. Yes, yes. And that's also that's also that type of music too. <laughs> and at other dirty, points, dirty, dirty. and it almost kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, mindless self indulgence, who we talked about on the show, yeah, um, a while ago. Kind of like the uh, the music, but yeah, like it's Halloween in the sense of like you ever go to like Scarewinds or like any kind of like horror uh-huh. horror themed amusement park, and they've got the like the themed mazes. Where it's like people jump out and scare you. This is the type yeah. of shit they're playing over the fucking speakers to get you in, to get you into that mood. Musically, it's rough. It's very like it's it's kind of aggressive. I guess that's the word I would use. It, you know what it is? It's not when I say it's Halloween music. I mean it in the sense that it knows what it is. This isn't music that's trying to be deep. No, it, no. It, you know, this is purely we love the goth aesthetic. Like, these people would be touring with fucking Tech 9 you know, uh, oh. d- during his early days. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When he was doing the gothic shit. Mm. And so it's like, it's that type of thing. It's like, it's not, don't look to this for, you know, this isn't anyone's, you know, this is the music that meant something to me in high school. This is like, no, we know what this is. We're, we're drinking, you know, alcohol, underage and shit. You know, we're like, ah, oh, this is the stupid music that's pissing off our parents. You know what I mean? Like, you know what this is. Like, This is definitely people's guilty pleasures. This is the album that people look back on of like, uh, like they're not the proudest <laughs> moment, so to speak. And I'm not trying to shame anybody, yeah. especially J.E. For, for requesting this. Just saying... That's what it sounds like to me, because I know I have albums not exactly like this, but I know I have albums that I listened to when I was in high school or whatever, where I'm just like, I don't really want people to know I listened to that. <laughs> <It's> not, <laughs> I'm not exactly proud of that. Um, but when you had said that it's not exactly deep, the thing that annoyed me a bit is the points where it sounded like it was kind of trying to be, like we're trying to do something like metaphor with these lyrics, and it's like, look, you don't need to be doing all that. I I thought there were a couple of moments where they did it, and it was actually really funny. My favorite song off of the entire album was Dead Letter. Where oh? he said, I, 
I spoke genius. I wrote a Bible. Dead white men could not have done it better. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good line. I remember that. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. <laughs> T- tell me, though, that you didn't fucking cringe at the doctor is in sane. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I absolutely <laughs> loved it. Because, you know... You could he- you could see the smoke machine, you know. Yeah. You could see the the, <laughs> the oversized syringes and and the hacksaws and the you know like all, all that dark gothic shit. It's oh. like yes, that's exactly what this is. There's one music video, unfortunately, and unfortunately, it, like unfortunately, it's not that great. My first real criticism about this, uh, starting with the music video, the music video has. Starts off with some cool ideas, but then it just kind of, like, lingers on them, and it's like, okay, we already saw this. Is this gonna do anything else, you know? And I feel the same way about a lot of these songs. They go on for a while, and you're like, oh, this is still happening? This is still going? Uh, the, the black wine, uh, especially, when you're, like, listening, and I think that's one of the longest songs on the album, and it's just like, wait, this is just an instrumental? Like, well, that's not fun. You know, part of the fun is what you're saying with the backdrop of the music, you know? This album, if it if it had a little bit more editing, could have been, in my eyes, like, a masterpiece of pure aesthetic. Like, yes, this is that Halloween music. Yeah, you're not supposed to think too deep about it. Just enjoy. Two of the weaker moments on the album were the sort of uh, interludes, like uh, Flesh Stitched Onto a Frame is, yeah. is okay. But then there's another later one that's also an instrumental, and it's just like, oh yeah, Black Wine, that goes on for six minutes? I didn't need that. At all. Unfortunately, the things that stand out to me are like, the corny lyrics, like, I'm gonna give you scars and stripes, and uh, the wolf is coming, like those moments of like- The problem with that song, I I feel like, is that it didn't commit, right? Because you have this really, because that song's chorus kind of sticks out, uh, kind of sticks out for you. I was on the lookout for the wolf, the wolf. I was on the lookout for, you know what I'm saying? Like, so it's like, oh, the wolf. Oh, this must mean something. And they're kind of doing a uh, a Red Riding Hood thing, like in the last verse, but it's not really made clear. So whereas a lot of these songs do end up feeling like, yeah, you could trade one for the other. It's just about the solid groove of it, right? But a lot of them do kind of like. They don't have enough personality on their own to be like, oh, but here's why you should listen to this song over that song. You know what I mean? It reminds me of that video of the kids dancing under the bridge. You know what I'm talking about? With, like, all the rave shit. Yeah, this is what they were listening to, bro. I kind of get that vibe. I kept going back and forth between who I thought was worse, between the dude and the woman, because there were times I was like, Man, like, she sounds so awkward. I wanted to go back to the dude. Yes. And then it would go yes. back to the guy, and I'd be like, oh, he's not very good either. <laughs> you know you know what's funny? They actually sound best when they're together. Yes, yeah. When I their agree. voices are together, it works stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, but whenever they're apart, and, and there's one particular part, I'm trying to remember which one. There's one part where he's where the guy's just like over enunciating the syllables it's like yeah. casting circles weeping callous voodoo pinning devil <laughs> jealous and it's just like this is it 
This isn't even, like, like, this is past the point of even, like, fake scary. This is just corny. Like, <laughs> you know? Oh, dude, before... I can't go without talking about pop, probably the worst track, Juicy. What were they going for with that one? I do okay, I don't fucking know. The chorus is, is like, I'm feeling lips. I'm feeling, first of all, okay, so I thought he was saying Jerry. He's selling just, Jerry. Like, like, it's, yeah. <laughs> He's out there selling now. Jerry. <laughs> Fucking Lil B has ruined the word Jerry in music for me. Oh my god, I can't even watch Seinfeld. (laughs) (laughs) So, but I thought it was clever for I'm feeling lips, I'm feeling Jerry. I'm like, oh, okay, you're alright, you know, this is that type of party. Uh, (laughs) But obviously the chorus is like this sex song, but then the verses are like, Razor, ruin, rust, restrain, mutilate your body, but don't touch your name, rancor, ruin, wrath, erase, better lose an eye than to lose your face. It's like, okay, like you can't even say, oh, nah, you could say that it's like torture, but could also be like a sexual thing. It's like... No, losing an eye, that's not the thing people wanted sex. This is about, like, actual mutilation, you know? So it's like, but this doesn't fit the, ooh, I'm feeling ripe, I'm feeling juicy. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I don't know, what the fuck? Like, is that a joke? Is it going for, like, a like a gag? Or, I don't know, I, I couldn't take that shit serious. Well, like, if there was a misdirect, if there was the misdirect of, like... yeah. If, if they were saying, I'm feeling juicy, and then like, no, not from sex, but from the blood squirting. Right, you know? yeah. But he specifically says, licking, sucking, and fucking. So it's like, oh, okay, so you are talking about sex, and it's like, wait, so is this sex while you're killing someone? Because what? <laughs> no, this is, this is too much. The sex and violence should not be mixed like this, guys. It doesn't work. <laughs> and if you're going to do that, you got to paint the picture so where we know exactly what's happening. Make you sin. No. was one one of the lesser tracks because, like, yeah. when the production is stripped down, their flaws poke out more. Yeah. The flaws in their delivery poke out more. So those are the songs that are specifically like, uh, this one's harder to listen to. But when you have the and everything going behind them, you rock out with it. You know, you can, you can forgive it because it's like, okay, you know, I'm feeling the music. I'm feeling the flow. Create Desire was another interesting one. Where the lyric was, it wasn't something horrorcore or shock, it was something more psychological. It was like, they only love you because you make them pretty? Oh yeah, that's right. What what was that in reference to? Yeah, it was like, that. I can only think of that in terms of like, a makeup artist or something. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what else. I don't know, like, like a surgeon who does like, plastic surgery? Yeah, oh, and that was a big thing of this album too. Like, so it's called Krankhaus, which is German for hospital. And oh, that's right, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of sort of, like, references to, like, syringes and, you know, this is a messed up hospital where people, you know, get mutilated and limbs and all yeah. that sort of stuff. And, you know, there's operations that are messed up. That, that's the whole thing about the doctor is insane, you know. I forgot all about the hospital thing. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense now. And so it's like, it's interesting, but I feel like it, it all together doesn't come together as strong as you'd want it to, especially with their flows and the deliveries and how they're kind of stilted in some ways and how it does feel like there's not really like one song you could pick out and be like, oh, that that's a great song on this level and that's a great song on that level. Like, they're all kind of like, okay, but some of them kind of falter. Overall, I gave it a three and a half. 
Wow, three and a half. Be- Dang. Because you have to you have to take into account that it's like that is the aesthetic though. Like they're not trying to teach you a lesson about anything. The idea is this, that you're supposed to enjoy this aesthetic. So for something that's trying to create that aesthetic, I think it did a really good job. I think like I don't think you could like in the element of what this type of album is supposed to be. I think it does its job. It doesn't go mm. beyond that, but it right. does its job. And there are moments, like I said, of, of pure cleverness that really do stick out. Like you know what? You know what? Actually, I will give it to. I will give it that point. Um. At the very least, uh, Dead Letter, you know, uh, with those lyrics, and, and, oh, what was the other one? Oh, yeah, where, uh, 100%, where he's like, powdered God in a bag from the Vatican, I want you to fuck off as hard as you can, which is sort of like playing back into the, you know, I want you to, you know, how doctors are like, do something, something as hard as you can, you know what I mean? Oh, so I yeah. Thought, like, little, yeah, yeah, like little moments like that where you're kind of reminded, it's like, oh, oh, that's clever. So I think I do think it does a good job of what it's doing, but yeah, it, it's not on like four star level. Or just like definitely buy it, but it is on like I do think you if you're going for a certain aesthetic, you would definitely get something out of this. Hmm, man, now you're making me think it over because I definitely wouldn't be that generous. I thought it was okay. I didn't hate listening to it, you know, as much as. I thought I might just from the whole like overall aesthetic and like uh oh, what is this? I actually uh, did find some moments enjoyable, but they were almost all musically. Like, lyric-wise and and the vocals, I just wasn't really here for. I was leaning more towards, like, two, two and a half for me. Oh, okay. But with this week's new release, we got East Atlanta Love Letter by Black. What were your overall thoughts on this mix of kinda R&B, kinda rap, sometimes at the same time kind of vibe that was going on of like it's like r&b style but it is also technically being wrapped it's like this is the result of you know pushing two genres together for so long eventually they're just gonna be like fuck it this is the new genre now (laughs) would you prefer something like this over someone like drake who just kind of picks and chooses his battles of when he wants to do one over the other. I haven't heard Bryson Tiller's whole album, but from what I've heard from Bryson Tiller, I don't really like him that much. And that is the trap soul thing. And this is kind of in the same vein, but I feel like there's a little bit more artistic ambition here, especially with moments where you hear like a really like a small orchestra just slowly start to build with the beat at certain points. It's very interesting. The first time I listened to both of these albums, uh, the first album I liked a lot until the second listen where I didn't like it as much. And with this album, I didn't like it as much just listening at first because I feel like the soundscape is kind of dreary and a little drab at times. But then when I listened back the second time and was hearing the things that he was saying in conjunction with the music, it made it pop a lot more because there's a lot more varying topics uh, in this album. Now, I will say that uh, it's not, you know, perfect in any way. Uh... Where, whereas it has some great songs like Unfair, the introduction, uh, which is just like telling you, it, it's so fascinating, just like that idea of like the artist who's telling uh, over the music that this music is keeping him from the people that he loves. And so he's dedicating this music to those people. You know, it's like that sort of like, this is how I'm showing my love for them. But it's leading me to be not 
with them because I also need to get paid, you know? Uh, so I thought that was really cool how he, uh, that's the intro, you know what I'm saying? And, and then the second song, it, you know, it's, it's a lot of like, it's called load a gun. He says, no shit. Uh, I treat my dick like it's a loaded gun. Point that shit away. These hoes gonna blow or come. No disrespect when I say, if you love me, better fuck me. Like you about to lose your place to the girl next door. And hell no, I don't want her. I'm just giving you incentive, inspiration before I go out on these sold out tours. <laughs> I like, I like that. I like how he plays with expectations. I also like how he seems to be self-aware in a lot of moments. And you know that, like, that's a really big thing I enjoy from an artist where it sounds like they're stepping outside of the music for a second and talking to you. Like, all right, I know this is a whole project, but <laughs> let me say something to you real quick. You know, like where he says like, hey, I got to say that I'm a sick rapper just so, you know, motherfuckers don't get mad that I'm not rapping all the time. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> I see you. I, I liked how the topics were personal, but I didn't get a lot of, or at least as much emotion that I would have liked Especially when he's talking about some of these, like, like more, uh, like, heavier topics. Well, did you hear me, Mr. Monotone? <laughs> yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, if you're talking about, like, oh, what song was it? Disconnect. That's oh, right. Mr. Nonchalant, excuse me. I think we're breaking up, and it's not just on some boyfriend-girlfriend shit. I think we had enough. Like, I can't hear you. I'm falling out of love with you. You'd think you'd get some, like, tangible... Emotion I see what you're that. saying. But you don't. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I guess I believe this is what you're dealing with because I'm reading along with it, but I'm not feeling it from you. And East Atlanta Love Letter does kind of trip up the album a little bit. Oh, that. Ugh, why would you do that? Can I say this? I feel like none of the guests really added anything to this album. I thought J. Cole did a better job than Future. At least? Dude, even J. Cole's, it was like, it was okay. J. Cole, unfortunately, did the deal of, I'm gonna do a better verse than the guy whose album this is. And yeah. I'm gonna overshadow the fuck out of him. But, yeah, even then, it's still not great. It's just better than fucking Blacks. I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, but after that Miguel verse, he did all, you remember that Miguel song that J. Cole did? Uh, oh, That's no. like his big... Oh, man, check that shit out. That shit is explosive. Like, musically, oh, it's okay. fantastic. And then I'm I'm listening to it on the radio. So I, I didn't know it was coming. And all of a sudden, J. Cole comes in, and he writes the love song, but he also put it, shoves in this political commentary that works mm. perfectly. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> you got, I got to hit you with that. <laughs> it was just so unexpected. Like, on the radio? Like, what is going on? I think Who hijacked the station? <laughs> <laughs> Overall, I think Black's got a decent enough voice that I feel like he doesn't need to use the autotune. And when he does, it's like... What's the point? Like, I enjoyed his aesthetic, but at the same time understand that it's not... It doesn't always pop. And I could see it not popping for, uh, for people. You know, but if you're in that mood, it works. Like, I feel like there's no up-tempo songs. Switch is more fun and upbeat. Okay. But that's really the only one that stood out as being any sort of break from that, yeah. And East Atlanta Love Letter, like, that's the song that feels the most pandering to me. First of all, you got, it's called East Atlanta Love Letter. You've got uh, Future on the track. 
And then the chorus is, this is an East Atlanta love letter. Who gonna love better? Nobody because I say so. And my words hit like a Draco. Like, we have to mention the thing that a lot of East Atlanta rappers are talking. It's like, okay, like, you know. And the thing is, that would work if the song was either about a girl or just about Atlanta. It doesn't really commit. Like, the first verse... And then Future just repeats his verse. Yeah, I don't know what the point of that was. We just got auto-tuned Future repeating him. And then you when know, Future um, does decide to have his own fucking solo verse, it's just empty. And adds Yeah, it nothing. has nothing to do with love. It has nothing to do with, like, not even, like, love for my city or nothing like that. You know, it's just, you know, coming from the bottom of the mud, concrete filled up with blue, stand clear, no peacoat, big pimp, damn that hoe, piss poor, head to toe. Fo fo, let it go. Protect, protect, icicle. Like, what does this have to do with East Atlanta and lo- or, or love? And this is your title track. Like, I always think. Yeah. I, I always put more. Like, there needs to be higher stakes for the title track. I think. Like, this is the one that I think if people are just listening to the album and they just kind of want to pick one at random. They're going to pick the one that's named after the album because it stands out. It should be what the album is about or the feel that the album is. This should be the overall mission statement of the album. What is this album about? Who are you singing about? What are you dealing with? All that needs to come across in the title track or the first track if, you know, if if, if we're doing like a loaded intro. And he kind of does that a little bit. Like he sets the stage with the intro. Even though it's not called an intro, like, they're treating it like it's its own song, but it's way too short. Now, here's the thing that he does on this album that I wanted to talk about. He does this, uh, he has Tierra Wack, a, uh, a female rapper, not featured on a track, but just talking on the end of a track, talking about how, um, dicks are distractions from, like, what she's actually, like, like on about. And they also do this, again, with light-skinned Keisha, who is another female rapper, not rapping, and then they finally uh, bring it around at the end, and we'll get to that, but it's like, it reminded me of Dark Side of the Moon. Uh, Ah, yeah. On the Pink Floyd album, something they did was they just did these random interviews with musicians in the industry and asked them random questions, and one was like, have you ever been in a fight? And then they just took the audio from the person's answer, like Paul McCartney's in there and a few other people. And it's just like they're out of context answers, just kind of sampled and layered over each other just to kind of like create atmosphere. And they're kind of doing that here, too, because it adds to the overall theme of like sex being a distraction from your grind and kind of like picking one or the other. But I just think it's weird that you would pick female rappers specifically and then not feature their talents well see i i actually like it though okay i feel like because you get so much of her personality it's like i do want to check out her her music honestly yes because like especially with the way she says the fuck (laughs) i'm not about sharing it period it's like whoa okay It's like, damn, nigga, what the fuck you think these bitches want from y'all niggas, period? The fuck? <laughs> I'm like, yo, I, please tell me this woman has a, has, a, has a YouTube page or something. I'm going straight to that Spotify, yeah. I'm keeping my pussy to myself. Keep your dick to yourself. <laughs> That's mine. The fuck? <laughs> like, oh my God. That alone is like, check this album out, motherfucker. <laughs> Just so you can get to that part. <laughs> 
because it's gonna come out of nowhere. <laughs> then we got uh, sorry. Um, it's like a low key. Uh, it's got a sweet instrumental, I thought, but it's just kind of like more the same of like empty lyrics about fucking up in a relationship without really giving many specifics. And it kind of had this one line that was just that I don't know why it just stood out to me as being kind of like weak or whack. The mistakes are like a fracture in my bones. It was kind of odd the way he was saying it. Something about that line just didn't hit as hard as I thought, especially if you're going to keep repeating it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I I get what you're saying. He's talking about crying, but the singing doesn't convey the strong emotion, and it just ends up sounding like every other song. It's called Sorry. You'd think this would be more heartfelt, but it's not. Well, what's interesting is that he says, like, I don't like to apologize. And and I think I think maybe part of it is that sort of trying to reject emotion while okay. you're still trying to talk about it, you know? Because, uh, well, uh, ooh, mm, this might reveal a lot about the ending, but again, we'll get to it. Um, so he says, um, he has some good lyrics on here. He says, uh, we over the same shit, swinging for the fence, but somehow I can't hit. You wonder why I came here, despite a couple kinks. Don't no shame hang here. I thought that was really fucking clever. <laughs> you know, like, he's actually, like, he has the cleverness of a rapper, but also it seems like the vocal limitations of a rapper, but also <laughs> the yeah. the emotional impact with his words of an R&B singer, still with that limited vocal range, it feels like. Pretty Little Fears, I thought was one of the better tracks because he's actually kind of like just straight up rapping on this one that i thought works better than his singing i liked the flow though it was still pretty boring in my opinion here we have another line that i gotta add to fuck eminem's list to our list of lines that need to be retired stop saying you have no limit like Master P. <laughs> I feel like I've heard that five times. The and it's just Usher like, line. Oh. You know, right? That already kind of <laughs> killed it. Like, Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you can, yeah, after you do a whole song and the whole gimmick is no limit references, don't like, do no that shit else, ever again. <laughs> like, because it's like, we know you all heard the song. Like... <laughs> Yeah, that was a big fucking single. There's no, there is no uh, feigning ignorance on that one. But I did like the lyric where he says, "We open the door, hit the couch, then the floor. I cut it up like a scissor, love galore." I was like, "Oh, holy shit! All right, club motherfucker." You know, we keep seeing you with that shit every now and then. You know, um, and then also like the way he said it, "No limit when I'm in it." I got a master P. Like, uh, I, I didn't like that. I've got a master P. No one versus their dick as a P. Like master penis? Really? Was that the word? Or or master prick? As soon as you said it, it sounded more clever. But then as I thought about it, it got incrementally less clever the more I thought about it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't think about it too much. Just let it fucking wash (laughs) over you. And then, okay, so I like disconnect. And I think it's because, especially the chorus, I don't know if he did it on purpose, but there is a, like, I'm trying to work it out, but we got to disconnect. And oh, I, yeah. I thought it could be heard as either, I'm trying to work it out, but what's happening is we have a disconnect. We've got a disconnect. 
But it could yeah. also be, I'm trying to work it out, but we've got to stop this. We've got to disconnect. We have, yeah, we have to disconnect, yeah. I, I think that's clever. I don't know if that was intended, but it sounded like it might have been, so I'm just going to give it to him. <laughs> I'm going to give him yeah. the points. Yeah, yeah, give him those points. Uh, and Because especially, oh man, he starts the third verse, he's like, because basically this album is about the fact that he, uh, oh, I think there might have been one song earlier that we missed, uh, talking about how he's, uh, let her go, I think it was. It's like, should I let my girlfriend go, uh, my ex go, or should I let my child go, you know? Mm. And, oh, like, yeah. should I let both go so I can just enjoy my life and just move on, you know? And I feel like, you know, that being a big issue, single parenthood and, like, you know, black community and shit, like, <laughs> that's kind of like, wow, that, yeah, that's a, that's a big thing. It's like, it feels like this person is just horrible for me, so should I just you know, push that to the back of my mind. That didn't happen. Look, I've got, I've got this tour to work on and I've, I got my music going for me. Let me just focus on that, you know? And, um, because he, he has the one verse, he says, love is not, love is not struggling to tell you I love you or saying that music's above you. I do the shit here because I need, I need you, but you couldn't see. So I'm out here listening to Monster, Heartbreak Sponsor, Smoking on the Ganja, you know? And, and then he's like, no, I don't have time left to care. Spare. Or share. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wasn't wild but, about how he did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, I forgot about the last part. <laughs> but the earlier part was like, was kind of clever. Like, you know, this isn't love if I if I have to struggle to say it. And uh, on Switch, I thought he had, I thought it was an interesting idea, but it feel like it didn't really, like, flesh out what he was trying to do. Like, the chorus yeah, is... Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Switch and tell me how it feels to be somebody else. You know, uh, and Switch, it wasn't what you thought it was, another story to tell. And, you know, that kind of is about, like, the idea of, like, oh, you think someone's life isn't that bad. Okay, actually go into their shoes and see what it's like. But the verses don't really hit on that until... Because it kind of does a thing of, like, what if I were you and you were me? Which kind of sounds like like the very basics of figuring out how sympathy works. <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah but the uh, simple putting, the time, putting yourself in the other person's shoes yeah yeah exactly but uh at the same time it starts off kind of like talking about his relationship hmm what if i could see through your eyes and you saw through mine and we could at least understand each other from that perspective but i feel like the rest of the song doesn't really follow through with that because it feels like it's just talking about you know him you know what i mean like he's like i'm thinking about a yamaha uh, to get away from the cameras, I'm over it, don't want to fantasize. And it's like, okay, well, that's not about you looking at it from another person's perspective. That's still just about what you're going through. You know what I mean? So it's like, I thought it was going to be like a story track of like switching bodies with someone and really like having that experience, you know? But it doesn't really do that. But I will say what surprised the shit out of me was Thugger's Interlude. I love that track. I thought I wasn't going to, but I really do. We talk all this stuff about, like, oh, such and such mumble rappers, they're really bad. Why does anyone like these guys? You know, they're not saying anything important. And I feel like this song was that meta moment of, like, this is why I listen to this guy. Because I go, I'm going through a lot of shit, and I just need something that doesn't remind me of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, like even someone who's, like, hating on him, like, you at least have to get the perspective of, like, I at least understand that escapism, you know? We didn't uh, comment on it with Switch, but that one features uh, Ty Dolla Sign. He's featured like a couple of times on this album, isn't he? And I'm sorry, he's not the, he just sounds like, you know, a more generic version of, uh, what's, his, what's his name sound? Of, of Black Sound. Yeah. 
it, and in the one verse where it's just Ty repeating the last word in the verse, yeah. but yelling it, switch fails. Else, <laughs> like, oh my god, dude, what the hell are you adding to this? And and we also didn't comment on the the post chorus is just him going. Well, 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 well. <laughs> it's the same yeah. well a bunch of times. Like, and, okay. and it's not that Khaled is bad either. It's just, I feel like he doesn't no. get given as much to do. Khaled is great, and I really like him. And I was disappointed to see how underused he was. Because I don't think you get a guy like him if you're not going to use him to his full to his full potential. Just like a fucking logic! Yeah, yeah. You got the dude crying on your fucking track. <laughs> Maybe Tears that. melting in the snow and shit. <laughs> That's what this album needed was some fucking emotion. You're right. You're right. It needed emotion. Uh, th- Maybe like that rejection of emotion is what's making the album suffer musically. While maybe he was trying to make that aesthetic come across. It's just like, but you do kind of fall. You can easily fall into the territory of boring if you don't have something to really keep him up, you know? Now, I do feel like he has some really incredible lyricism on a lot of points, which makes up for that, and a lot of self-aware moments. But you're right, it is kind of hard to ignore. Um, now, songs like Thugger's Interlude, I thought was really cool. Like I said, with the way it sort of personified part of, like, this is part of the fantasy of this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just a pinch. Yeah. Um, The next one uh, starts out with a light-skinned Keisha rant, which is different because, especially because of how short Thugger's interlude was, I thought... Why not just put this at the end of the interlude? Why does this have to open a song? I thought that was an odd choice. Um, but I really like the beat on that one. Offset brings his usual Dude, set of... Offset? Nah, Offset fucking no? killed that shit. Yeah, uh, Yo, I'm not gonna let you diss Offset <laughs> right now. Because he kind of fucking killed that shit. I wasn't expecting it. Um, Hold up, hold up. Let let's let 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 let's let the people let's let the people hear it. Uh, let me see what where the fuck was it? I never switched up because I'm gangster. These diamonds is huge. These diamonds is huge like Langston. I wear diamonds and gold because we ancient. She wanted to expose me. She anxious. Had to cut off my bro on some lame shit. It keep burning your soul that these lame switch. I was like, ooh, ooh, he's got some like he's got some lyricism in there. Like he's not playing around. I thought that was dope. He says my melodies came from everything I came from. They talking to God. Everything I got came from him, which is all right. It kind of just rhymed came from with came from, but you, you snuck <laughs> yeah. him in there. And it's like, I get what you're trying to say. Uh, and then he says, I had to finish. Keep running your mouth like academics. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an everyday struggle, but I still remain humble. And it's like, that was really clever the way you flipped it. But yeah. if you guys really don't like them, don't put them in your rap songs. Like, <laughs> yeah, now why? they're immortalized in your fucking songs. Why would you give him that? Yeah, exactly. You're just doing him a favor. And then Scripture, I I really enjoyed. I think he was also kind of really rapping in that one as well. And then when he talks about, like, different times where he almost died, and he was like, that shit really make you think, man. <laughs> like, ever since a nigga pulled a gun on my face, that shit really do make you think. <laughs> 
It's just like, oh my god. Like, the first verse set it up way heavier, and the second verse didn't really follow it up. You're right, you're right. I liked Nonchalant even more, though. Um, it had sweet flow and bars. I liked the line, uh, learned how to kill a hook, Peter Pan. Yep, that was, yeah, you gotta give it up to that one. <laughs> I, I was thinking in my head, I was like, have I heard that before? And I'm, I don't think I have. I, think I don't think I have. One. You know, I think that one, it's just so clever. You're just like, wait, no one's thought of that one yet? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it seemed like someone had to have. Come on. <laughs> um, I also kind of liked how the beat at the end flips up and has these, like, backwards samples at the end. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. I, I thought that was a nice little touch. It was things like that. Like, interesting little, like, style choices like that. Like, I wish there were more throughout the album but when they do pop up it's like oh okay that's pretty cool and i think that those moments make make the album more than just you know more than just your average r&b but trying to be hip-hop album you know what i mean Mm -hmm. the last track is the absolute worst one (laughs) okay (laughs) i mean it's called stan Uh... it's just called stan and it's like Come on, like, we know, you know what I'm trying to say. We got Seasons, which we skipped over, It, oh, which, oh, yeah. which I thought flowed really well. Lyrics, eh. But the spoken word bit is from the mother of Black's daughter. Yes. Which kind of, I guess, was supposed to bring it all together. I feel like it did. Because I, yes, oh, totally. I mean, what she said, I said, I, I wrote down, it's like, wait, she just break down uh, toxic masculinity? Like, what the fuck is that? Miscommunication leads to complications. Because it's like, you were never taught how to use your words like that. You were mm. never taught how to say loving things and caring things. You were just taught how to say what had to be said. So I want the words that you don't have, and I'm stuck trying to figure out what you feel. And I was just like, oh, shit. Yeah. It's like, Okay, and and it's very interesting that she kind he kind of lets her have the last word on the matter. Yeah, yeah, that that's true. That is a good point. You know, um, but I absolutely hate Stan. Stan after Ugh. that bit is like, you know how like we talked about when. Uh, Lemonade ended with Formation, and it's like, that's like the culmination of, hey, everything's alright. This one was like, we got the mother of my child on the track, and it seems like everything's alright. And we're gonna address it in this track where I talk about how everything's okay. And, baby, I'ma love you like a stan, 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 aw man. Look, you you can't start that song by with the line, I'm gonna write you my best song. It's gonna take all night long. <laughs> this did not take all night long, first of all. This song sucks. It had potential, but the lyrics were way too silly to be sweet or sincere. And the beat was even annoying. Like, I didn't like oh, anything about it. cat noise thing? What the fuck was that? I hated that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, please, not the whole song, not the whole song. The whole <laughs> song! Mm. The thing about it is, it's like, it's 
you're like you're using this song that's about an over like an over the top scenario. That's what the song is about. Stan is not supposed to be a positive thing. It's something you joke about with people, but it's you know saying like, "Oh man, you're a stand for so and so," because the joke is that someone who's super obsessed with something. So when someone says you're a stand, that's supposed to be an insult. Yeah. So for him to say, "I'm a stand for you, girl," but he doesn't use it in a humorous, like, joking way. He uses it like he's playing it straight. Like, I'm just going to be such a big fan of you, and it's just like, but the context now sounds like you're going to be a stalker because yeah, you said you're obsessed. You're yeah, exactly. And it's like it's like that Romeo and Juliet shit where it's just like, no, that's not what this play is about. <laughs> like, you you know where people are like, Romeo and Juliet was about true love. No, they're 14 and 17. They don't know a thing about true love. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Fucking Taylor Swift. You don't even know what you're talking about. For him to be like, oh, girl, I'm a stand for you. It really feels like a misunderstanding of the source material of the, of where you got that word. Yeah. You know? <laughs> And again, like, yeah, if you played it up silly and, like, this is supposed to be, like, not taken serious, but... I th- Yeah, I, that would have worked. I do get the sense, though, that he thinks that that's, like, legitimately sweet and we're supposed to be like, oh, look, he's her biggest fan. Like, no. That's not how that works. He's like, uh, Stan killed his girlfriend and drove his car off a bridge. Yeah, like, his, his pregnant <laughs> girlfriend. Yeah, like, can we not try to make that a term of endearment? <laughs> God damn, the last song really fucked up this album. Yeah, that was a <laughs> shitty way to go. <laughs> it was just like you were doing good, man. You had a couple of missteps, and you had, a, but you fumbled right at the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> you fumbled right at that fucking one yard line, dude. <laughs> nah, uh, I would give it a four. I came out with an average of a three, and, and you know I can understand that. I understand why. Uh, especially music-wise, the moments I liked, I feel like they were pulling up, they were pulling on the reins a little. Where like the moments I liked, I just didn't like that much. You know, like I think they could have played it up more, so it would have really popped. But it just kind of fell flat in those places where it otherwise had a lot of potential. For this week's episode of the Going Off Podcast, that about wraps things up. If you want to follow us outside the podcast, you can check us out on Twitter, see what we're talking about throughout the week. Kind of gives you an idea of what we're going to be talking about on the show. If you got some additional uh, cash burning a hole in your digital pocket, head on over to either of our Patrons. That's patreon.com slash rapcritic or patreon.com slash muse, where you can request an album to be reviewed on the show or a multitude of other fun perks. And until next week, further going off podcast, I'm Muse. And I'm Rap Critic. And don't pull guns on famous comedians just because they embarrassed their wife on their own radio show. It, it just makes you look dumb, man. <laughs>